0: you're listening to the mc vocal fry podcast your weekly dash of voice science pedagogy and pop culture coming to you from the campus of mississippi college in clinton mississippi
1: Thank you so much for sitting with us for a few minutes. Uh, We are (laughs) here, vocal fam, vocal fry. Uh, We're here in the Berg, in the Hattiesburg.
2: Yes, everybody will know what the Berg
1: is. The University of Southern Mississippi here at the Vocal Arts and Science Symposium, as it is called. Thank you to Kim Davis and her colleagues, Jonathan Yarrington, Taylor Hightower, for having all of us. Uh, It's always a fun weekend. I was down a couple years ago, did this, and and happy to be back. And, And we are joined here on Vocal Fry by our friend and colleague, Matt Edwards, who is the director of the musical theater program at Shenandoah Conservatory. He is also the director of the CCM Vocal Pedagogy Institute. I said that title, right? Yes, correct. Uh, at Also at Shenandoah, which he teaches... How long does it last over the summer? It's every a nine-day program. Nine days. Yep. And uh, Matt is here presenting. He gave... He uh, basically talked all afternoon. I yeah, sort of—I want to say I'm very <laughs> thankful for you sitting <laughs> down with us tonight, because I know how exhausting conferences are. As I do a lot of conferences, you do a lot of conferences. Yeah. Conferences are exhausting. They are. And uh, I thought it would be easier to have you on now than uh at voice foundation i agree <laughs> 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 because at voice foundation man we are wiped yeah but we're still going to be sitting out there at the bar uh with our equipment uh trying to record podcasts aren't we ladies are tracking we? People
3: just, hello, excuse me. <laughs> do you want to be on the podcast for a moment do you want to be
1: on the podcast so matt this is sarah
0: Hi, hey. nice to meet you. Leah.
1: Hi, Leah. And we will all be presenting at Voice Foundation as well. Yes, this spring. Yeah, our, too. Our, our, our joint team uh, with the, our folks at the medical center. But so... um so are, after are they coming? Are Josie and Dr. I don't think so. Okay. Oh, I, I, d- I doubt that Schweinfurt will. Yeah, yeah, I sure yeah. sure have to ask Josie if she time. intends to come or, or no, not. I, I
3: haven't thought about that. I mean, the trouble with being
1: <laughs> an ENT and a speech path is they're in clinic like all the time. Their job is being in clinic. It's not... Doing what we do, it's being in clinic. So anyway, so uh, you and I have known each other. I don't know how long now. I don't even remember when we first met. Probably at Voice Foundation. And that's my thing. It was too.
0: Yeah. Probably. Um. How long have you been at Shenandoah? This is my ninth year. Is it really that yeah. long? I started August of 2010.
1: Wow. Okay. So I was already at WVU by then. Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds right. Man. A d- decade.
0: Yeah, I know it's crazy.
1: That's crazy, right? Yeah, and sometimes
0: it seems like a short time that I've been there. Other times it feels like I've been there my whole life. I don't wha- know what that means. What was the wha- <laughs> What was
1: the temperature like uh, in in
0: Winchester when you left? Well, when I started my car, it was one degree. Mm, I don't I know what the wind. wind <laughs> my brain has no concept of what that temperature feels like. <laughs> Why, like I
2: don't think I've ever been outside when it's been below double digits like i don't think it. you know what i mean yeah the coldest i mean i can think of it being like 12 Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, then. and maybe that was like a low in the night when no one's going outside.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> More yeah. importantly, if it's 12 degrees, I'm not going outside.
0: Yeah, yeah it's miserable.
1: So one of the things that I, I always want to have people on when they do host a thing, like the thing in the summer. Yeah. So CCM Vocal Symposium. Tell us about that. Tell us what you guys do, when the dates are, how they find out about it. Just tell us some things about that.
0: Yeah, so it's every July. It starts somewhere around July 15th, you know, based off of the calendar um it's uh in wonderful beautiful winchester virginia for nine days which
1: is nice in the summertime it is beautiful beautiful
0: in the summertime Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times people will bring their spouse and their spouse will go hit all the wineries and the breweries and sure you know it's a uh, famous civil war town uh most people don't know but winchester changed hands 72 times during the civil war
1: i did not know that between north and south (laughs) Yeah,
0: and winchester was actually the side of george washington's first job he was the surveyor for Frederick County and he ran his first political campaign out of Winchester.
3: Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, history That's buffs cool. a lot of times will tag yeah. along for the ride yeah, and come check too. it out. Um, so, it's broken up into three. Where is
1: that in the musical? I'm just kidding. Oh,
0: Sorry.
3: Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs>
0: but um, it's uh, broken up into three, <laughs> three, three day sessions. And uh, everybody, we have people that come and take one every year. We have people that come and do all nine. Um, it's a system of thought, is what we. Call it. It's not a method. I like Um, it. I like it. Yeah. So my thought is, is that there's a lot of great methods out there already. And I didn't think that the world needed another one because we already have great things. But what I thought we did need was a place where people could come together and honestly talk about all of them without prejudice, but just trying to understand, you know, what works, why it works, you know, what's based in uh, fact, what's not. Because as we talked today in the symposium, there are things that are not based in fact Mm -hmm. that do elicit a result that we're looking at.
1: Oh, we talk about (laughs) functional eyes all the time.
0: yeah. 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 But, you know, what we talk about at the Summer Institute is if it works great, don't change a thing. But when you find that student where it doesn't work, you need to know why it doesn't work. Absolutely. And in order to know why it doesn't work, you have to understand how the voice functions mm-hmm. and what that exercise is causing the person to do, and why they're not able to do that. Absolutely. So we spend the first three days talking mainly about the respiratory system and the uh, phonatory system. We talk about registration and how uh, you know to develop the registers and how to blend chest and head and to mix because in the CCM world, those are the terms people use, and that's the approach. That's common pretty much across most of the various methods that are out there. And um, I bring in speech-language pathologists and to you know be there to answer vocal health questions and to make sure everybody feels comfortable with what you can do. There's still some people that think that singing rock is dangerous or singing music theater is dangerous. And so having two speech-language pathologists there to kind of put people at ease, I think you know, really makes a big difference. Yeah. And they're fabulous. It's uh, Marcy Rosenberg, who works mm-hmm. up at the University of Michigan Medical Center. She works with the MTs and the opera singers over at the University of Michigan School of Music. And uh, Dr. Wendy LeBourne who is the speech pathologist uh down yeah. in cincinnati she runs the blaine block clinic and uh she works with a lot of the uh, musical theater and opera singers over at uh, the cincinnati conservatory of music and she happens to be a shenandoah alum she has her bfa oh, I didn't know that. yeah she has her bfa in musical theater from shenandoah <laughs> i did not know that yeah so we're proud of her we have and um, a
2: friend who's looking at um, shenandoah for the music therapy bra- program for grad school oh yeah, yeah. she so has got an audition coming up in a couple weeks i think
1: yeah. yeah, You know, I never told you this, just to pause the, the talk about the summer, because I want to hear more about it. Yeah, I didn't tell you this at dinner either. My uncle is a Shenandoah alum.
0: Really? In, music,
1: in musical theater, essentially. Wow. This would have been in the
0: early 70s. So that was when it started. Because It started 1971, I believe. That he would
1: have been in one of the first classes ever. Wow. Uh, he probably graduated in like 75 or something like that.
0: Yeah. I have colleagues who taught there at that point. They would know him. Yeah.
1: and uh yeah and uh that was
0: yeah. anyway long well we're history. the second oldest musical theater program in the united states the yeah. the Is that first right? yes. that yeah cool. i know the, so the first program was cincinnati conservatory and i okay. believe it was 1968 and then ours rolled around in 1971 mm-hmm. And so and I that's what's know that. that's what's great for our uh, students who leave is there's a huge some people call it the Shenandoah Mafia because <laughs> <laughs> so many of them run theaters yeah. or they're sure. casting directors yeah, or you know agents and so but it's it's wonderful for our undergrads to step out into New York City and be surrounded by you know fellow alums when yeah, they get there so it's great. awesome that's awesome um, sorry to go back to the summer yeah. thing
1: because uh, I do want to hear more about the musical theater program but I've had. I don't know, a few former students. Lee Usselton was one of my doctoral students at WVU. She came and did your guys' program one Mm -hmm. summer. Um, Some other students I've had come and do it, and they just always rave about it. I mean, so I just just to give you positive feedback, because I've never been able to to come and do it, because I have no money. (laughs) Um, But uh, they just always rave about it. And one of the things that makes me, I will say, want to, in fact, Lee, when she did your program, I think two summers ago, I want to say it was summer... 2017. Yeah. Um, she, so last spring, I taught, for the first time at, at, at MC, I taught CCM Voice Ped. Mm-hmm. As it's one of our electives in the grad program. They both took it. We used So You Want to Sing Rock and Roll as one of our texts. Awesome. Uh, cool. And Lee did a little Skype for us, and uh-huh. she was doing the finger thing. Oh, yeah. So tell us about the four fingers. I, I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I actually, I know, so so I've seen this at somewhere else and somebody else talked to it. I think it might be some of the Estel people talk about this as well. Okay. Um, I always try to give credit where credit's due. That's part I mean, of the too. This whole thing with the summer Institute is we try to cite everything to the original source because I think the best way for people to really master this is if they know the source material, they can go read it for themselves I- I totally and agree. then, you know, dissect it. They yeah. would tell
1: you, I totally yeah, agree. Right, you
0: know? And <laughs> yeah. so, uh, But anyway, so it's this idea of, you know, putting your hands together as if you're clapping and then envisioning that the air comes up from the bottom and that the vocal folds are pushed apart by the air. Right. And the first and, you know, there's plenty of graphs of this uh, that you can find online of what one cycle of vocal fold vibration looks like. And this essentially just gives you that physical sensation. So we tell people to peel apart their uh, pinky fingers, then their ring, their middle and their first and then the pinkies come back together until the pinky ring, middle and, uh, you know, first finger. And that's one full cycle of vibration. And the idea is is to start giving them some visual reference to what chest would be as far as vibrational mode that's different than a thinned out, uh, more head production as well. And then also to have them feel different uh, pressure levels. So if they're really pushing their hands together as they do it, that's what press phonation feels like. And if you're barely touching them, that would be a breathy phonation and then something in the middle. And a lot of people find that kinesthetic awareness helps connect dots for them and for their students. And what we always say is, you know, we have all kinds of different learners. You know, visual learners, oral learners, kinesthetic learners, and it's just one tool to help make some sense of this thing that our students cannot see, you know, and that's, uh, and it's important. And speaking of what they cannot see, one of the really cool parts about the Summer Institute is that we actually have a cadaver lab on campus. And my colleague, Dr. David Meyer, has uh, worked to get us access to the cadaver li- uh, lab, and he's harvested a lot of uh, larynges. I've been in there and done some of them with him. And then last year, him and I uh, removed a head and bisected it. And that we are able to take our participants in, and they get to walk into the cadaver lab and actually hold a larynx in their hands, actually see what real <laughs> vocal folds look like. And, they, we and
1: how small they are.
0: Yep, how yeah. small they are. They're teeny tiny baby vocal folds. And then we have the bisected uh, head that allows everybody to see what the soft palate actually looks like, what the tongue actually looks like, oh. and uh, what I the know. vocal tract <laughs> is shaped like, what the back wall is. And uh, it gives them, a, you know, for many of them, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to truly understand what they're doing. Yeah. The
1: awareness that the vocal tract is immediately inside the mandible, not you where you think it is. Yep.
3: Trinity, you should see if you can do that at MC. We haven't. Yes, we have. A F- yes, gold. and
1: and I will confess the reason I don't is because I hate dead things. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and well, and well, I, I did it too. It's partially. Like, a pizza I will. Man that's like, it is a that's selfish decision that I have the made nummy. in
0: not doing it. <laughs> so. That, yeah. My so my colleague Dr. Meyer, he's a hunter. So it doesn't bother him. Oh. Right. The first time I went in, I didn't eat meat for like four or five days. right <laughs> but probably, I, yeah, I, but I love steak way too much, so that ended pretty quick.
1: Man, we yeah. had some great barbecue <laughs> we tonight. Had great barbecue tonight. Wow, I wouldn't ever eat p-
0: if you ever come to the cadaver lab, you'll never eat barbecue for probably a good year. I may never come to a <laughs> cadaver lab ever. <laughs> so because they
1: these two will tell you of my love for meat. So uh yeah. that's I yes, mean, we run a podcast accurate. powered by bacon. So I there mean, uh, I, I, yeah, I get
2: it.
0: But we also, what's also the nice is uh, most of the time stuff. they have a body that's opened up and you can get inside the thoracic cavity and you can actually feel the diaphragm. You can actually, awesome. a lot of times they'll have half of the rib cage removed. So you can actually hold, a, you know, the front part of a rib cage. You can touch along so that all of these abstract ideas that we see in a visual diagram actually mm-hmm. become reality. And what most people realize is our system is much more delicate than we think. You know, you have, there's so much talk about the diaphragm, but it's like the thickness of a latex glove.
3: Yeah. yeah. You
0: know, and once you realize that and how delicate the ribs are and how small those intercostal muscles are, it, it changes a lot of people's perspectives about everything. Sure. And what's really cool is this year is the first year that uh, Dr. Meyer is going to actually be running a three-day anatomy intensive where they're going to get to work on the textbook side of it, and they're also going to get to go in the cadaver lab and spend more time than we get to just on the regular participants. Like so that they can. that's for
2: a very special person.
0: The yeah. special <laughs> person is. is not me. No. Now well, I would say before awesome. I dissected or cut anything it was probably a good 3-4 visits you know and then we were doing then we went in with a doctor to do a tmj dissection dissection so we could actually understand what causes people to have discomfort with tmj and somebody said well who's going to saw through the jaw and no one else wanted to i was like fine no no, i want to know but my overwhelming curiosity to know what causes tmj to help my students was like fine if that's what it takes we'll do that that's awesome but then once you actually see it (laughs) yeah yeah, you work up to it for (laughs) sure but um Again, I mean, life-changing. I actually and know all what causes that problem and how to help students. It's yeah, amazing. that is and very that's cool. Awesome. C- certainly,
1: you also have people, I mean, just judging on things you've posted and things I've read and experiences, you also have people there doing style, doing all, you know. Well,
0: yeah. So, I started to talk about the nine-day structure. Um, so, those first three days, what we end up covering is, like I said, how the respiratory system interacts uh, with the phonatory system because they really are coupled together. Sure. Uh, you know, that's the valve whatnot um we talk a little bit about exercise physiology principles and how those apply and we also talk about uh semi-occluded vocal tract exercises and how to keep the voice healthy as you are working on these athletic types of singing um we also have an open mic night that ends uh (laughs) the first and second session which is always wonderful because we have participants from around the world and so we get to hear all kinds of different musics cultures many people have never been exposed to yeah um on the second three days we work with everything above the vocal folds now we all know it all interacts and it's a complex system But when people are first starting to try to dive into this, it's helpful to really kind of break it down and understand and then get complex with saying, well, technically the filter affects the source. We find that a lot of times if you jump in right there, you really lose them, right? So we try to have, yeah.
2: In class, like we sat in his undergrad ped class last semester, and, you know, I think you might have skipped the linear source filter theory and just jump straight to nonlinear, and you just... You broke them that day.
1: <laughs> no, no, but that, no, 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 no. Just, l- just in just my defense.
3: A whoa, 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 whoa,
1: <laughs> In my defense, in my restructuring, I just went through a massive restructuring of my pedagogy. Yeah. A basic one, PED one course. And I actually spend the first four, five, six classes now on introducing, even though I don't necessarily refer to the psychoacoustics terms, I'm training their ears to hear psychoacoustic principles. Oh, yeah first. Huh. I know and I like so it. I'm when we're coming back to that in that class and also remember if they take the second semester of undergrad, they're getting all of that stuff in detail. Oh, I know.
2: It was just amusing yeah, yeah, that yeah. that day. When it happens and you just kinda see and you're like, Oh, just I wanna help you. I <laughs> just feel bad. I feel you, your pain. So you <laughs>
1: also you also brought <laughs> up semi cleared vocal tract exercises. Yeah. My undergraduate pedagogy class last fall I I gave what I felt was the best description I've ever given to undergrad ped of phonation (laughs) in a class describing phonation as a puff train and as a big puff of air, quick snap to get high maximum flow declination rate. But I inspired them enough (laughs) that four of the girls dressed as train cars (laughs) for Halloween that said, big puff, quick snap, and on the wheels of the train were the semi-occluded vocal tract exercises that's amazing it was it was i was like oh my gosh they're riding on the wheels of semi-occluded vocal tract exercises this is amazing that's pretty incredible sorry sorry
0: (laughs) well no but you you actually brought up about you know learning to listen and that's really a lot of what the second three days is about so we go through and we map out the vocal tract because you know as ken bozeman says a lot of people have an inaccurate vocal tract map Mm -hmm. and then that affects the way that they teach so we really go through and talk about how How does the larynx move? You know, what does it feel like when you have a low larynx and a high larynx to develop their sympathetic vibrations, right? So there are some methods and we talk about the fact that there's some methods that actually teach trying to sing with a high larynx or a low larynx or a neutral larynx. And we talk about why they choose to do that. And you know, there's people that find a lot of success with it. We have people go through some similar exercises, not because we want to necessarily copy that, but I just want them to experience what a high larynx feels like so that they can have some sympathetic sensation when somebody comes into the room. So if someone comes in, they're going, Oh, I feel that, I know what that feels like. Yeah. Now they uh, I can yes. automatically jump in. Yes. And then after they learn how to really you know, do a, uh, you know, a fake woo, low larynx sound, and then they have a student walk in and make that sound, they're like, oh, I know what that is, yeah. I know what that feels yeah. like, because they've actually experienced it. Yeah. And then that way they also have anchors, extreme anchors to watch out for, where they can go, man, that's really moving towards a depressed larynx, why is that happening? Or man, that larynx really sounds like it's almost all the way to the top, what's happening? And then, you know, they know what to listen for. Mm -hmm. And to back this up, we show them a lot of uh, real-time MRI videos that I've been doing with my colleague, uh, Dr. Aaron Johnson at NYU. And you were showing us some of those today. Yeah, yeah. those were cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's incredible. So that people can actually visualize what is going on when singers make those sounds. And that was part of
1: your Van Lawrence Fellowship year, 2017.
0: It was. Yes, I'm going to present about it at the Voice Foundation this summer. Awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. And (laughs) so... to hear but then then we go through and after we've spent the first day really diving into everything that's going on we start doing these troubleshooting scenarios where we start playing examples so for instance tiny tim wants to be in a legit musical so what are we going to do about that and then we listen to what he's doing. What is his registration? So we always have this. So we teach all of our participants a system to dissect what they're hearing. And the first part of the system is what do you hear at the vocal fold level? Is it appropriate for what this person's going for or is it not? Is the respiratory system helping that or hindering that? Right? Mm-hmm. And then we go up into the vocal tract and we use Ken Bozeman's terminology of back room, front room. And we okay. say, what do you hear in the back room? Because the back room is primarily responsible for timbre. So do you hear anything in the back room, which would include the soft palate, any tongue retraction, any pharyngeal constriction? Is that getting in the way? Is it helping whatever sound their, their tonal goal is? And then what's happening in the front room? What's their jaw doing? What are their lips doing? What is their tongue doing? Are they forming the vowel correctly? Is that getting in the way or is it helping? And then we say, of all of those things, what is the one place you think is the smartest place to start? Why? What exercise would you do and Why? And then make sure that they know of any potential pitfalls that might come up from trying to go down that road and that they have some idea in their mind of what their first entry point is, which we always say the best place to start is indirect. If I can simply say to somebody, make your vowel brighter, that's the best place to begin. Mm-hmm. Sure. But if I say, make your vowel brighter, and the person goes from an ah to an ah, that didn't really <laughs> fix the problem of the tongue retraction. Right. So now what is a more tactile way that you could go yeah. about trying to fix that? So then maybe we're going to have them stick out their tongue and go, ah, and try to get there. And if that doesn't work, what else are you going to do? Right. And then we talk that about that some people, there's in some speech language mythology books, they talk about holding on to the tongue uh, with gauze and then holding that position. We then talk about the fact that that's really aggressive and assertive. And if you don't feel comfortable about that, do not do it.
1: But it is part of our laryngeal manipulation protocol. That is true. Yeah. I
2: mean, not with gauze. No, we yeah.
1: gave them a
0: glove, medical yeah. glove. Yeah. <laughs> it but you them holding their own tongue. It yeah, is them that. holding their own yeah, tongue, yeah, it's yes. It's not like, we're yeah. like yeah. ha,
2: yeah. I hope this works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, the whole idea to us is expose everybody to what is out there. And then let them begin to find their own pathway. And if throughout the institute they find, man, I am really interested in more of what speech-language pathologists do with really stubborn issues, I think I'm going to seek out that kind of additional training, then it's been a success for them. Or if there's somebody who goes, wow, that makes me uncomfortable, but I really want to learn more how to think about, for instance, Feldenkrais work, and how Feldenkrais affects all of these things we've talked about in terms of vocal function, I am going to go take some of those courses and see how I can connect it. Yeah. Right? yeah. And if everybody can find their own unique pedagogical voice, we just kind of feel the universe is a better place because yeah. we need you know more people bringing uh, things to the table rather than leaving as a carbon copy. But yeah. what's nice about it is the way the system is designed is at the same time, if you're a brand new teacher and you have no clue where to start, you do leave with this system that lets you know, well, here's where we start. And then we give them a one-year plan of uh, reading resources to go through. That's oh, well, great. You that's, know, nice. that's so terrific. And kind of say, you know, this is what you do on your first, you know, month back in the studio, which is primarily teach the way you have and listen a lot and start then yes. figuring things out. And then if something pops, start there. And then go back and read this thing and then maybe try these exercises and really give them a path. So it's a year-long journey for them and not just a nine-day thing that yeah, they go that's through. that's
2: nice. Because that could be really daunting coming out of that and just being like, well, yeah, like, what do I do now? I know I just got a lot of information, but did I actually absorb any? Like, that would stress me out, you know? When yeah. you like, feel like, oh, I should be remember. reading and still learning, but what? Because yeah. there's so much. There is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
0: then one of the things we did, we started doing last year, which is really nice, is we made a private Facebook group for each of the sessions oh, and then we live streamed it into that Facebook group so that when people went home they could watch the recordings of those live streams oh, that's so nice. Yeah. so that they yeah. had their own you know uh, video secret of every Facebook lecture. groups yeah. where, yep. where have
1: you heard about that okay <laughs> sorry I, 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 that. Yeah. I do that for practicum good they have to do all their practicum teaching in a, in a secret Facebook group nice and, and then we all go in as a graduate class, and they watch themselves, ev- everybody. They watch that's everybody awesome. teach. Yeah. And then we talk about it. That's cool. Um, with volunteers from across campus. True. And nice. the funny thing
2: was, you didn't warn us before you made the secret group. So one day, I'm just, like, walking <laughs> around, and, like, all of a sudden on my phone, I get this Facebook notification that I've been added to a Dr. secret Pernas group. And I was funny. like, to a secret what is Facebook <laughs> group. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. But
3: that's a great idea. <laughs> so voice yeah. teaching that's form. a great idea well, for them to
1: have it as a reference. Well, what
0: we do, too, is at the end of every year, we talk take a survey of the participants and we actually listen to the feedback. And so when they say things to us we adapt. Yeah, (laughs) I know right. That's nice. (laughs) But I mean that's what we always tell them is give us your honest feedback because we will kind of change things along the way. I mean it's it's for them. It's not for us. So, you know, any way that we can make it a better experience where they learn more, they don't feel overwhelmed yeah. when they leave, yeah. that they have a plan of action to go through, it's a win,
3: mm-hmm. you
0: know? And then we try our best to keep up with the Facebook groups and answer questions. Wendy and Marcy will jump on as they can and my other colleagues. That's awesome. You know, and uh, some years were better than others. It gets busy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know? <laughs> but then the other cool thing is is that, um, I guess it was two years ago, we started giving out a Lifetime Achievement Award. And my idea yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah, is yeah. that, you know... I feel like I'm part of this you know next generation of people that are trying to pick up the torch that have been laid by all of the legends ahead of us and a lot of those legends are starting to retire mm. or you know getting to a point where I feel like they deserve to be acknowledged for all the incredible things that they've done yeah. and so our first year uh, we had Dr. Saddleoff and he was our first Lifetime Achievement Award winner uh, last year it was uh, Mary Saunders Barton oh that's right. Oh. right I was trying to think of who it was last yeah. year but you know she has done great work at um, you know trying to connect the dots for people between their classical ideas and how to belt, mm-hmm. which is her Belcanto Ken Belto. And uh, this year we're excited to have Dr. Ingo Tietze. Oh,
2: that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And So
0: he's going to come and spend an afternoon. And uh, our Lifetime Achievement Award winners, they give a talk. They usually give like a two- to three-hour lecture. Oh, and wow. then we know we have a nice little award ceremony for them. And then people awesome. get to talk to him, get autographs and everything else. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's always a good time. Yeah, And then, so you asked about style. And the third, the final three days is all about style. Oh, and okay. So okay, that's start, great. Yes. So... You know, when you're working with commercial music and musical theater, you're dealing with uh, a music style that's really influenced by our uh, uh, African-American colleagues and our uh, the history of African-American music. And As African we learned being, yeah.
1: from So You Want to Sing Rock and Roll by right. Matt Edwards
0: and so, from
1: Na- and Nat's publication. Sorry, move yeah, on. No, I
0: appreciate the plug. But, um, Available on
1: Amazon and wherever books are sold. This is true.
0: Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um and all the here's the thing too it's cool about is the proceeds go into a NAT's um a fund that's going to eventually be able to help support research and things on these some of these other styles which that's is exciting. Really cool. Yeah, it is really exciting. Um but so because of that, I sat there and I looked at this and I'm thinking we're teaching commercial music without really being able to acknowledge the roots of this, which yeah. comes from African music styles, yeah. you know, and some Caribbean influences mm-hmm. as well. It all goes back, sadly, to slavery. But that's the history that we have. Right. Yeah. And, I figured and so much of
1: it comes from Mississippi.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to have a way to honor that truthfully, authentically from voices, you know, that had the authority to speak on that. And so uh, the first year uh, we had um, uh, someone uh, from Berkeley come down and talk about it a little bit. And then last year we brought in Dr. Esai Barnwell, who uh, used to sing with Sweet Honey on the Rock. And her presentation was incredible. And we asked her to come back again this year. Was oh, sure so, inspiring? Yeah, it was inspiring. I mean, the group singing with her was absolutely incredible. I mean, just, it's amazing. She's amazing. But to be able to start off the whole styles talk by acknowledging the roots of where these music uh, styles came from and why we have the rhythmic use we do, why we have, you know, the different, uh, you know, uh, musical language of the pentatonic ideas and, you know, blues uh, scales and things that we came up with a European system to codify, but it was an oral tradition right. yeah. and that was shared. And so she introduces it that way, that you learn these things through singing it, no written notation, no pre, uh, you know PowerPoint slides, it's a bunch of people in a room learning how to sing the music that all of this originated with. Right. Huh. right. And so then we start moving forward and we go through and we do like the blues and jazz, and then we move our way into rock and roll then we talk about country music, and then we talk about musical theater music as well. We talk about working with singer-songwriters who write their own music. We talk about authenticity and how you help your students not become carbon copies but find their own authentic voice. And then we wrap it up with some panel discussions to break out and talk about like, how to audition for musical theater colleges if that's of interest, how to help your gigging students if that's what you're doing, how to help your choral students if you're a choral director, and how to work with people who are learning to cross over. So they're all breakout sessions. We record all of them so everybody has access to it all.
3: Oh, that's cool. awesome.
0: Yeah. And then we wrap it up with a, a lady named Sherry Sanders, who's an uh, audition coach in New York City. She's got a Rock the audition? Yep, rock the audition. And she talks about the performance side of rock and roll. But she also touches on uh, the cultural and social issues at the times those songs were written, and what that means to the music, and how that influences the way that those performers performed, right? Uh, seduction in the 1950s was very different than seduction today, right? <laughs> yeah. You know mm. what Christina Aguilera got away with in the 1990s? <laughs> yeah. There was no way that was happening in the 50s. I mean, no. Elvis got banned from being on TV for like three weeks for shaking his hips when he yeah. sang "Hound Dog." Heaven forbid. You know. But if right, a student doesn't yes. understand that, they walk into an audition in the 1950s with their, you know, Christina Aguilera approach. To singing the song and the audition's done yeah. they're right. not living in that world right. and that's what sherry brings to the table and really you know helps clarify and uh and we wrap it up with her master class because it's fun people are dancing and singing that's awesome and, you know, it's a great way to end it, and then we all go out to a local uh, restaurant in town, and all the faculty and all the participants, we hang out for the night. They have a big open patio deck with That's like awesome. cornhole and pool tables, Uh-oh. and we all go out and hang around till like. You so know, now these girls to want
1: learn. to uh, go and come to the CCM Voice Pedagogy was Institute. Day before <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, we have a great time. We also have what's nice is there's a Hampton Inn across the street. And we rent handy. out the pool for after and when our courses are done. So at night, everybody can go who's staying at that hotel or people who even aren't staying at the hotel. We all gather and just hang out around the pool. Some people swim. We usually rent it out to like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and, you know, just hang That's out fun. and yeah. talk pedagogy. Have fun. <laughs> people will bring their guitars and we'll have a, you know. See,
1: it's sort of like if Vocal Fry were a conference. This is sort of what I imagine it would be like. <laughs>
2: If vocal fry were at conference, can you imagine yeah. the amount of bacon consumption?
1: Yeah, the <laughs> bacon. It would definitely be higher bacon consumption. Yeah. That's, and I would that's be, for sure. And
0: I, I got to give a shout out to a couple of my other colleagues. We also have, so we're so uh, Dr. Meyer's course is considered one of our continuing education courses. Sure. And our idea is, is we really want to inspire people that not one workshop is going to teach you everything you need to know. Indeed. That you need to get used to doing continuing education and take advantage of opportunities. And one of the other opportunities we offer is a musical theater styles class with Edry Means Weekly. Sure. And edry has got a ton of experience in that world. She does. And, um, you know, she works on getting people up to sing to actually experience it firsthand. And gives them ideas for how to teach it. And then I kind of head up the thing, but it's a team effort. And I have a, a team of faculty that just bring so much extra to the program. Uh, the, uh, uh, Catherine Green, who's the executive director of mm-hmm. it, she keeps the thing running. Without her, we would be nothing. And um, you know, she spent a lot of time in Germany doing some crossovers. She sang with Cirque du Soleil before it was Cirque du Soleil. Well, oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. So that's there was awesome. a bunch of cool. dancing, singing clowns with an opera singer in the middle of it, who was her. <laughs> And then, you know, one day she was telling me about this and I looked it up. I was like, you do realize that's like the group that got bought out by Cirque du Soleil. She's like, oh, (laughs) but that's what she was doing, right? And she was recording CDs, doing crossover. And then she came to Shenandoah as, you know, one of our classical voice faculty. And then she helped uh, keep the Institute running when it got started. Um, I have uh, Marcel Govan, who's a faculty member at Berkeley. And she teaches jazz and pop singers up there. She's a jazz singer herself, an amazing singer. And she works with a lot of the singers at Berkeley who have major you know, technical issues or vocal health issues. Oh, okay. And uh, she brings great perspectives to it. I have two people who specialize in the young voice. I have Tom Marduini and Ed Reiser. Both of them are music educators from upstate New York. They're heavily involved with NISMA. Uh, they music direct the musicals. They work with young students all the time. They've got a lot of kids who have gone on to the top musical theater programs, a lot of mm-hmm. former students on Broadway and they're really good at helping teachers understand how to translate some of these ideas to a group setting or how to translate it you know just to a lesson for a 15 year old what do you do with a 15 year old boy because they (laughs) aren't necessarily you know ready to jump in the full way
1: you know I'm glad you brought that point sort of, I'm oh, sorry, if you want to finish your list. Well, I was going to tell you my other
0: people. Yeah. So then I have uh, Jessica Baldwin who runs the, uh, is the contemporary voice resources. Okay. Uh, dot com. She's an awesome singer songwriter, makes great music. Uh, you know, brings a lot to the table in terms of how to work with gigging musicians and helping the singer songwriters who come. I have uh, Julie Dean who's another singer songwriter who runs a really amazing studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's, you know, a great performer, excellent teacher. Uh, Uh, Again, able to help, you know, illuminate what it's like to work with people who are trying to discover. Yeah, it's a machine. And then uh, I have my wife as well. My wife also teaches voice. Right. right. And, you know, she also works with a lot of high school kids. She's an adjunct to Shenandoah working on uh, the musical theater faculty there as well. She's had students go on and be on Broadway and singer songwriters touring all over. And so, yeah, it's a whole machine. And the idea is, is that it allows everyone to come to the Institute to find someone they relate to, who they can talk to, who they can say, hey, I don't know that I fully embrace that. How do you apply that idea? And it's wonderful because then they all realize, hey, I can do this. Every participant can look at someone on that faculty and go, I'm like them. I can do that. Right? we have some of the faculty who are more reserved and they're quiet we have some that are very extroverted and yeah. everyone can find you know That's the awesome. place they belong It's
1: awesome. Well, if you ever need an acoustics faculty, I I know where you could find one. We do. We need to.
0: The problem is, we're out of time. There's no no, time. I I look at the schedule. No, you're packing. I mean,
1: I just can't even imagine. Yeah, You're really running Um, the
3: gamut, also, just what the program offers. When when you started talking about a teenager,
1: one of the things that I will say, because you also have a blog. Yeah. And I. Book, full confession, I don't read every one of your blog posts. Uh, not no, a problem. No, no offense. Uh, I don't think many do. <laughs> but there is one that you've done yeah. that I really like pointing teachers of high school students to. Yeah. And that is the one where you share videos of recent musical theater graduates who have won some of the bigger competitions to give voice teachers who are training some of these high school singers that are aspiring to these top-notch musical theater programs yeah. to give them you know, some some idea of what the actual level... Did, did I show that to you guys? Michael I and I were looking at it um, when it first came out. Um, I don't... I don't. Maybe I didn't show it to our class. I don't but think so. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I tell you because I remember when I was a young teacher, and th- now this is. So I was doing my DMA at this point. So this would have been like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, one of I had, w- I had two. When I was at New World, I only had two high schoolers. The rest of mine were in the college. Yeah. One of my high schooler musical theater kids, he ended up going to Carnegie Mellon. You know, that's that's and and end up where he where he went. Um, but like preparing him, helping helping be part of his team yeah. to prepare that process, even a decade ago, it was like such an eye-opening experience for me and like re- like learning that world for me who had grown up an opera singer i understood that world i know what that world is like through college through young artists through professional you know whatever yeah. and i was sort of thrown into the fire with him cuz i mean i could help the kids sing better but that having that perspective of actually where these young people are Honestly, and I know you deal with this every year and every day. Yeah. It's quite remarkable. Are you aren't you sometimes like amazed oh, yes. at the level of some of these kids? Oh, yeah. It's they're unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It
0: is. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, I we had a high school kid uh, last year who was getting so many callbacks on Broadway. She was in the running for Maria in West Side Story and uh, the movie version that's coming out, and she's decided not even to bother coming to school and she's working. We just auditioned a girl in New York last week who is the one who didn't book the gig for Maria on the movie. You know, oh. but I mean she was in that final two and she's got a bunch of professional auditions and she auditioned for us. I mean it's insane. I mean, we have a sophomore on Broadway right now. We lost him, and we have a girl who's supposedly uh, one who's of the like dear Evan Hansen, he's, right? Yes, he's Evan. He's Evan Hansen. Okay. Yes, correct. Okay, and and he's just the, to what's be cool though, is he's the first African American Evan, Hansen. Evan Hansen. Hansen, first person oh, of really color me. to ever play that role. Thank okay. you. Which is incredible. It's a yeah. big move. It's sad that it's 2019 and we're talking about it's a big move and it's incredible. Yeah. we put that out there, but the reality of it is, is that if it, it's it happening, is. it's well, we talked moving. about
1: these issues on the podcast last fall with the Aida and with Natrebko singing yeah. Aida, and we. And anyway
0: yeah that's a whole other thing but yeah these kids are insane and what people do not realize is getting into the top tier musical theater programs is more competitive than getting into harvard medical yes and if you look on my blog i give you the stats because one day (laughs) i saw a stat come out about harvard and i thought i think michigan sees more kids than that and i knew michigan had a number somewhere and i pulled up the numbers and sure enough it's more i don't it's hard to know exactly how many students are auditioning i have a, uh, a a colleague who told me that um Uh, Carnegie Mellon saw around 2000 pre screens and videos uh, last year I know this year we've seen uh, we have to do the exact math but it's somewhere between 12 and 1400 that we've seen Uh, we do a lot of places where we go to festivals and we'll watch like Um, 200 kids audition we had an open call in New York where we watched 100 kids audition we had 800 kids submit videos for us that we go through so when you add all that together we go visit performing arts high schools it's a huge number whatever it is and um, we're looking for a class of 18 this is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is oh what my I'm saying.
1: I mean, you know, and what's the Umish class? It's got to be something around it's that It's around number. 18 to 24. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Abdiel, when he was at Carnegie Mellon, it was something like yep. right around that yep. number. I, I think mean, Carnegie Mellon even goes as low as I 8 think to 10. It, I think it was like 12. Yeah.
0: They I, they I, keep it really small. And so, I mean, it's, it's nuts. It's so competitive right now. And I put that video together because I don't know how many students realize how competitive it is and how many voice teachers realize how competitive Let it is. Let alone parents. No, yeah. parents. And so I had some voice teachers reaching out to me going, you know, I thought my kid you know, did really well. I'm wondering if I can get feedback. And I'd go and look at the video and like, yeah, the kid's got potential and they've yeah. got talent. But they don't stand out among 1,400 kids. Yeah, well, and what, what amazed me yeah. in those
1: videos that you posted was not just maybe ha- like some of the voices I'd be like, okay, I hear some technical stuff or yeah. whatever, whatever. How incredibly well they were communicating a text well, yeah, was that's, off the charts. Yes.
0: Yeah, the acting is huge. Holy cow. Yeah. So, and that's something you can't always teach. So, like, when we, if you look at our, We don't necessarily have a hierarchy of what we're looking for, Mm. but I mean, we really do feel that acting leads everything Uh, in that style. You have to tell a story. So you have to tell a story through your dance. You have to tell a story through your voice and you have to tell a story through your dialogue. So, you know, the acting component for us is huge. Yeah. And then, you know, the singing component. I mean, we're getting kids in, you know, that they can sing. Uh, legit, they can belt musical theater and sing rock and roll and play guitar. They've been dancing since they were three years old. They do mm. magic on the side, and they write their own songs <laughs> and are putting an album together. And they like to bake when they or have Or they've time.
1: already released yeah. an album on Spotify, yes. iTunes, and where yep. music is distributed.
0: hmm A lot of them already are either. uh, We see people every year that are already equity members. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of them have EMC cards, which means they've been doing equity shows and they're building up their points. Um, We had a girl we saw in New York who um, there's this uh, online education group, and she's one of the stars of this science education TV series. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's nuts. And so my goal was is, look. Because, you know, you were that way at 18. Oh, I was... (laughs) No, Sorry, I was I'm no waiting. I know. But this is a good point, is we talked about this today. I was a hot mess. Right. When I first <laughs> me started too. singing, right? Joined the club. When I first started singing, I couldn't I sing on pitch. Right. I first learned how to sing on pitch, I can maybe sing a middle C. Or it I'm, was terrible. I'm, I'm saying. And so I look at these, you know, so it's hard for me as an educator because I'm sitting here saying no to kids that I know are exactly where I was when I was their age.
1: Or way beyond that.
0: Yeah, you know, and so and the problem is though, is that we literally only have room for eighteen. We're a private school.
3: Yeah. We
0: know if these kids are going to invest in their education and for that amount of money, we want to be able to look at them and go, yes, I have faith you're going to book a gig. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you can never tell who's going to end up on Broadway and who's not. I agree. Right? Because yeah. I've had students I never thought would book a Broadway show and they did. Yep. And yeah. I've had others I've been convinced would and they haven't. Right? And so you never know. But I always use, have a really strong feeling that that person's going to work. And I would say I've been right probably 95% of the time. Yeah. And in the parts I wasn't, they either met somebody and decided the road life wasn't for them. Yes. Yeah. Or they found another part of the business that they liked better. Yes. And they went into casting or they became an agent or they went into, you know, being a director. Director. Or, yeah. or a playwright. Or and TV. S- TV. Oh, you yeah. Know, I've I,
1: had students who I, I you know, some of my New World kids, I mean, I've only had one young man who's currently in the Waitress cast. I only have one Broadway singer, but, yeah. but there we go. There you go. Who I knew, I mean, he was just, I, you, I just knew at, at yeah. 19. I said, well, you f- forget it. Um, but one of my kids who I absolutely thought, you know, this is it, but he's in TV now. So, yeah.
0: I mean, you know. But say, I mean, he's working. Right. What we always say to the students and the parents who are there is that we are training you not to just be on Broadway. We are training you for a lifelong career in the arts. Yes. Because these kids graduate at 21. At some point in time, they are going to have to raise retirement age in this country. There's no way we can continue <laughs> retiring in the 60s when people live to 100. It's yeah. just the math yeah. doesn't work out. Right. So, I give, uh, you know, a very conservative estimate, I guess, that it would be 72. Yeah. You know, is when you would retire. And it's, probably gonna be, it's
1: probably going to be 75 or yeah, right
0: but if you graduate I will never retire yeah right I will <laughs> get
1: to retire yeah. I'm gonna die in my studio anyway moving on. <laughs> you, but let's think about it's this I mean morbid. if you
0: graduate with your BFA in musical theater it's basically your terminal degree right right yeah is that you are going to be working in the industry for 50 years. You have 50 years ahead of you. Let's yeah. say you book that one big broad- Broadway show. That's great. You usually get a six-month contract to start. What are you going to do for the next 49 and a half years? <laughs> yeah. And so we try to pr- you know, really teach people to think about long-term growth. Where do you want to see yourself going? You know, Because yeah. at a certain point, you are going to get tired of eight shows a year. Yeah. Right? We just hired this new music director at Shenandoah, uh, a guy named Patrick Brady. And he, um, he was the original music director for the producers on Broadway. He music directed the movie of the producers. He uh, uh, was the original music director on Young Frankenstein. He wrote an off-Broadway musical. Sure. And when he applied for the job, we were like, you know, why are you looking for a new job? And he says, well... My favorite part of putting a lot of these shows together is teaching people the music and shaping the score and everything else. I want to do more of that because I do not want to be in the pit eight times a week anymore. That's awesome. I understand. You know, and he's incredible. But I mean, that's a man who has had an amazing career, Mm -hmm. been on Grammy Award winning, you know, uh, recordings and productions and is tired of eight shows a week. Yeah. And that's the reality of the business. And at some point you are (laughs) going to transition into something and you might as well be thinking about that from the beginning. Not that I'm going to fail at this, but my career is going to evolve. Right. Because Mm -hmm. then you start looking at all aspects of a career and you think about it, like I said, as a lifelong career in the arts instead of I'm going to be a Broadway star, (laughs) because if they set up for that, they're going to be real disappointed. I agree. You know? i agree
1: yeah. um so i we're gonna r- wrap up pretty soon but since this is this is vocal fry hashtag vocal fry hashtag vocal yeah. fam um uh, we need to ask so does hashtags. matt edwards have any pop culture nerd interests at all <laughs> because we are officially your weekly dash of voice science pedagogy and pop nerd culture uh, but really what we really are is a Star Wars or Marvel podcast mm-hmm. disguised as a singing <laughs> podcast. But you're uh, forgetting Doctor Who, too. And, and, and Doctor Who, excuse me. Yeah. And, and we're I'm open to anything. And also I'm here. And, and, and Leah's here. Leah. <laughs> and Leah's here, looking skeptically at Sarah and I. Uh, hmm. But 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 it could be a book. It could be a, a TV sh- Any TV show that you you happen to watch on your in your when you're trying to fall asleep or something. <laughs> More like while I'm
0: doing pedagogy research. Or when um, you're or when you're doing yeah. that. Oh, the show on Netflix with Jason Bateman. Uh, Ozark. Ozark. Oh, Ozark. Oh, I've heard that. In sense. love with it. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. We watched that. I love that. So I have kids. Very I, gritty. Yeah, it is. It's very had good. had to wait till the knows. kids go to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, uh, you know, uh, we watch kids' songs right now. You know, the song that's like my earworm is one, two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive. <laughs> and five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then I put it back again. What? Some cheesy kids' song. I don't know. But my but two year old my kids
1: it. are older than yours. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you've right? lost me. You've out. We've not <laughs> we done you,
0: that. But um, you know, there's nothing. Uh, we have a family tradition. We eat dinner together at the table every night, and That's then I play awesome. with the kids until they go to bed. That's and so awesome. uh, right now, my big things are Legos. Big into Legos with I the seven-year-old. That's awesome. Yeah, um, uh, the seven-year-old went through a Pokemon phase, so I we never love
2: Pokemon. Uh,
0: right. So I learned to play it. I had never you done play it.
2: The game, like yeah, Pokemon with the go? cards. No, oh, like we legit well, do
0: old right. school. Okay, I'm cards, impressed
2: by that too. Right? Still love that too, but but like Sarah's
1: impressed. Yeah, you, I'm you impressed. Earned
0: cred with Sarah. So we got to work on the love Pokemon Go on um let's see Just lately saying. he's been into Beyblades, so i've been learning all about Beyblades, heard those my right?
2: cousin was super into that this yeah. is
1: actually not the first time that children's activities have come up on the podcast because when ian was on last summer yeah. ian was like well we watch a lot of daniel tiger yes and so <laughs> yeah. we sang the dan he and i sang the daniel tiger songs and ken was sort of ken bozeman was sort of looking at us like what <laughs> but we knew the songs yeah oh, he
2: yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. your, there. Always has to be. Just
1: Aaliyah, someone there always just has No, on. so we understand that, that for yeah. sure. Yeah. For but sure. I mean, that's
0: seriously, I mean, like all my free time is with my wife and my kids. And yeah, so, understandable. You know, having a great time, but uh, and, and then, like
1: me, probably most of the reading that you do is for work.
0: Yeah, between eight and eleven thirty at night. Hello, uh, <laughs> I, I hello. Yeah, right. And then I bought my uh, I bought my kids a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> So we're big into uh-huh. Mario Kart again.
1: Ooh. Love Ooh. Mario Kart, and Nintendo Mario. Switch. Yes. We
0: have not. We still have a
1: functional Xbox 360. Ooh. So my s- my kids Switch. do play some Disney Infinity still. Ah. Oh my gosh,
2: your kids were super into that a while yeah, back. Yeah,
1: but we don't. We haven't bought a Stitch a Switch. <laughs> Stitch? <laughs> Sorry. lots of Disney yeah. all the it's Disney it's pretty incredible
0: I wasn't sure I and mean, then when we uh, hooked it up I have a you know a projector screen thing in the yeah. basement because uh-huh. we never can go out because we have kids yep. and so hell my hello. wife and I decided yeah. let's just build a movie theater in the basement instead yep. Yep. but j- we not? put it up on there That it, the graphics are so clear it's such an upgrade from the yeah. Wii because I kept trying to convince myself no, I don't need Wii's to buy a Switch my son's got a Wii he's got a Wii yeah. he'll be fine and then I realized oh I'm that dad it's too, <laughs> too cheap to buy my son a Switch <laughs> well and so, it's not
2: the same Wii's
1: great no. I, I apparently am that dad it's well, too cheap to buy his kids a Switch. Yours are uh, smarter
0: than me. I just gave in to peer pressure of my neighborhood. I think
2: even like care that n- much. I don't even think they're aware yet. Yeah,
0: they don't really. So like they're until they're yet.
2: asking, like they're yeah. not. Yet. Well, that's why I say it's peer pressure. Don't.
0: Like when every kid on the block had a yeah. Nintendo don't Switch, it set mine. <laughs>
2: You just hurry them yeah. past like the uh, going to
1: let it keep going. Thank
0: God for the Costco rewards card, <laughs> Costco Visa cash back. Hey, if you don't already ladies. have it? Three percent on travel, and you can buy your kid a Nintendo See, Switch. We don't next have year. Costco <laughs> in Mississippi would, we we will soon.
1: But Maybe. if Costco would like to sponsor the Vocal Fry podcast, <laughs> okay. we, are I mean, we have happy to put it out there. Just you know, to have you just sponsor know we're here, anyone, uh, the Vocal Fry podcast. Any anyway, uh, okay, good. We always wrap up. Sarah, what'd you have for breakfast? Oh,
2: breakfast was so it was so ago. sad. I had a slim fast shake. Oh, that's <laughs> well, because we're staying with friends, and so I was walking out of the house. I was like, they're not gonna have breakfast foods. I need to just grab something. And like, what was there? But a slim fast shake, and so that is my bref- That was my breakfast today. That is my breakfast tomorrow. Normally we record and on I
1: Friday mornings. Bad. so one of our vocal fry traditions for the whole two years that we've been doing this, we're m- halfway through year two, is we always ask Sarah what she had to breakfast. I've had some weird breakfasts. Ah. So so. I,
2: to give to give them credit, like one day who? One day was a bad day. One day was a stress day, and I made. I'm almost ashamed to admit this again. Like, why do I keep bringing this up? I don't know. I made chocolate chip muffins, but apparently that wasn't enough because I uh, I added some butterscotch chips in there. And then
0: on top of that, no,
2: I didn't cover it in Nutella. What you do is you do a spoonful of the batter. Then you put a spoonful of Nutella. Then you put more batter. And when you bake it, the Nutella turns into this like molten Nutella (sighs) lava.
0: That sounds and it's pretty incredible. It's
2: amazing, but that was a sad day. It that was, was the day I realized I just needed like it was, a yeah. nap.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, so then our other vocal fry tradition is we do takeaways. So we oh, have no, a take. Okay. One, one thought leaving leaving today. You guys got Sleep. to see. You guys got listen, it, yeah, it occurred to listen. It occurred to me tonight that in, in this seme- one semester, you will have seen Scott McCoy present one mm. of your pedagogy textbook authors, mm. Matt Edwards present mm-hmm. one of your authors. Ken Bozeman will be on campus later this semester nice. and you will hopefully Ian, you don't know this yet, but you're going to Skype with us at some point <laughs> this semester. Sorry, <laughs> Ian, as much as you and I talk, Surprise! I haven't officially asked you and I know you're what listening. What a way to so, find uh, out. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this uh, is so but sweet. so, but so you will have interacted with like four of your major authors That's crazy. in yeah. this one final semester that you're in school, which is, I mean, it's hey. a pretty cool class. Well, we yeah.
2: When you mentioned you were coming down to this, and he was all like, "Oh, well, I mean, y'all don't have to come." And we're like, looking, and we're like, "No, um, we'll we'll be come? there." Yeah. Like, Should this.
1: So why I why mean, would we it's, not? It's, yeah. it's <laughs> been a good semester. <laughs> we're going to present a voice foundation. We're doing all this. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, 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 it's We awesome. way to go out. Some yeah, yeah. Have we're, we we're peaked actually so. So they're in their final semester, and and their final so right now, the way it ended up working schedule wise was they've already had a nat and physio and they've already had uh rep rep and they've already had the ccm ped rep course which we took but this semester sarah's this is actually sarah's third time taking, taking my acoustics, acoustics. course <laughs> nice. but we're in acoustics this semester and I'm glad, uh, honestly so it uh it's uh it's it's a good way to just wrap things up and and we both have interesting projects going on for capstones and Ooh. right now we're in the middle of music. they're both in the musical so uh, we have
2: to Drive back. And we have to leave our. Yes. They yeah,
1: don't get to, don't get to see your master. Class I know. Tomorrow. I'm so upset. But we're first. Why my video? It.
2: His
3: wife would my
1: wife, him. my wife needs him for rehearsal. <laughs> I see. My wife True. might have needed me for rehearsal too, but oops, well, I had to stand in for one of our tenors who backed <laughs> out of the production ah. after being cast and accepting and everything. So yeah, you know. it's whatever, But that's what happens. It happens. happens. Yeah. It
2: happens. Yeah. But you sound d- great, like on the song. So
0: well, there's that. well, thanks. There's that. I didn't realize too. I didn't, we've talked about the institute, but I didn't even throw a web address. Oh out yes, there give us, anybody. give that us, helps. give us, give us a website. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna give you a couple websites. So Please first give us a few websites. So for the summer institute, it's ccminstitute.com. And on there you can see the full schedule. You can get the registration information. You can see some photos of I what we do. I can put these links also on the yeah, social media. That'll be that'd great. Be smart, so you like can, uh, on Facebook and stuff. But I'll you can I'll also you know links. read all about our special guests as well. See yeah. testimonials from uh, yeah. other people to give you an idea of what their experience was. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do um, that. If you want to see my schedule and if I'm gonna be anywhere near you, you can go to edwardsvoice.com. I have a calendar. I think I have eight more events uh, spring semester. Wow. Um, the big That's one, one is one word.
1: Edwards voice.
0: Yeah, edwardsvoice.com. Well, it's dot com. a website? <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I contacted the guy who had matthewedwards.com, and he wanted fifteen thousand no. dollars. So when I emailed him later, the price had gone up to twenty, and I realized, really? well, this is never going down. Did only do? up. What he do? He hijacked the website and is holding it for hostage but until like, someone will pay. Website? But like, what is his website? It's a holder. That it has no nothing one's... on it. If it, I remember right, I, there's, there's. There's one version it's either Matter Matters, and I haven't checked it for a couple years because I gave up. But yeah. at one point in time the price point was so ridiculous.
2: But does he really think like anybody's gonna want it that?
0: Well, he that sent me a thing maybe? and said there's twenty four thousand Matt Edwards in the United States, there's lawyers, doctors, blah blah blah. That's whatever it was. Yes. I
2: should look into that actually. You should. I've always said that you know, I wouldn't think my name is that common, but anytime I've ever joined the social media account, I've never been able to get my first right. choice of username. So and it may have been Matt
0: Edwards whatever it was it was ridiculous <laughs> but um, so edwardsvoice.com it's got the calendar I'm going to be out in Portland, Oregon in March doing a four day workshop for Cascade Nats and it's mm. going to be my first time out on the uh, west coast yeah. giving an extended That's workshop fine. and the idea was they nice. wanted to offer it for people on the west coast who can't get out to uh, Virginia in the middle of yeah. the summer yeah, nice. understandable you know? nice. and then I'm going to be at the New York um, regional Nats conference uh, doing their master class for them okay. I'm going to be in Minnesota for Minnesota Nats I'm going to be at Newfoundland Finland, uh, in two weeks. Oh. And I believe they're going to try to open some of that up to the public. Wow. I'm supposed to be at New York city Nats, I believe April, maybe 28th, somewhere around there. And I know I'm missing another Nats that I'm hitting along the way <laughs> oh my gosh! Tired just right. like listening <laughs> to. but it's on there. So check that out. And then if you're interested in the vocal technique blog, it's, um, it's edwardsvoice.wordpress.com, whichever, use Rotate WordPress or Edwards Voice on that. <laughs> and then if you're looking for the musical theater one, it's auditioningforcollege.com. And uh, you can sign up on there. If you just put your name and email address in the comment section and hit send, that's how you subscribe. And then you'll get a direct email anytime I post something on there. And of course, if
1: you search you on your Shenandoah website, I'm sure we can find you. Yeah,
0: you can find me on there. And then the thing to keep an eye out for is I've been working with a a startup called VoiceLessons.com. Oh, I've seen. Yeah, they were at Nat's last summer. They were at Nat's. Yeah. He has built this incredible platform for online teaching. I know people are hesitant about online teaching, but it's happening whether we want it it or not (laughs) the thing is is that he has done his research he built a bot that went around the united states and it's found like fourteen thousand voice teacher websites and he's found some fascinating things like there are hardly any voice teachers in some of the states right so like north dakota has a really low amount of voice teachers and what him and i have been talking about is it's about accessibility to a voice education Mm -hmm. if you're in an area where there is no one who can teach you anything about singing rock healthy Mm -hmm. what are you supposed to do just figure it out on your own yeah we should be taking advantage of this technology and allow people to have an option to reach somebody who can help them right in-person voice lessons are great but a lot of people do not have that ability and if they don't have that ability it's expanding access to education and then yeah right and then the next step that we're taking is we're gonna start offering courses and so I'm working on a course with him right now it's gonna be a webinar we're hoping to start it and launch it in February or March about how your voice works and it's gonna be a six-week webinar designed for singers so that voice teachers can assign it to their students choral directors can assign it Mm. to their students we're gonna have special deals for choral directors so that their whole Mm -hmm. choir can sign up for it and I'm gonna walk them through the basics of all the different systems how to keep your voice healthy you know what some of these terms mean and then tell them about motor learning because as we talked about today that's like this area that is really starting to come to prominence and I think that when you can teach kids That it's not a lack of talent, it's a lack of coordination. That a lot of the mental health problems that, you know, end up being developed around singing go away. When you can look at a kid and go, it's not that Susie is more talented than you. It's that Susie has spent more time coordinating her Mm -hmm. intrinsic laryngeal muscles. If you do this exercise in this pattern, you're going to get better. And then let them know in the first phase of learning anything, you're going to need a lot of help. But after a while, you're going to start to get it. And after you get it, you're still gonna need a little bit of help, but eventually it's gonna become automatic. And then you won't have to think about it anymore, and then you can do all the things you wanna do on stage. So instead of letting them freak out, to be able to say, look. If you can just spend the time on here in eight weeks, you are going to see differences because that's about the time that our motor system really starts to, you know, integrate some of that and move towards the motor learning phase mm-hmm. instead of just that cognitive phase. And so my hope is, again, it's about expanding education, making it accessible. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be, I think, in, uh, probably no more than 19.99 for the six-week course. Oh, wow. And it's going to be the idea is, is to let people start to have some idea about fact-based approaches to teaching get them to understand their voice, demystify it and help them feel better about themselves, sing better and help you pro- prevent injuries, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And you know, a world with more people singing is a happier place and yeah. so i think any way we can disseminate information and make that happen is it's awesome Matt
1: words you are a gem man <laughs> <laughs> you are a gem thank you so much for sitting down with us hey I mean, thank you for having I, me conferences are exhausting like we said at the beginning but this, seriously th- this was this was awesome yeah, this was yeah. we will be sharing this all over social media so i'll yep. have this edited and up tonight um, wow. So just just put it out there to, to your people and the masses. We will, and this was, I hope, a thrill for you guys. Yeah, you know, this has been great. Here. I know. Um, yeah. this is, a great this is the first. This, this is weekend. one yeah. of the. This is the first guest episode that I've been able to do with that, any of them for oh, a while. That's nice. true. That's true. Uh, because like when, when I was at summer. Nats, it was just me. Uh-huh. Do you know? I did. I did four episodes at Nats National. I did Scott and I did John yeah. Nix and I did Michelle, Mark Wartevaux, and Shannon. Yeah. And. And so, and then when I was in in Los Angeles, I, I did Ian and Ken and Chadley. nice. And I did Kelly and Danny Haas because they were doing singing voice science. Um, and so I, I, you know, but, but the students weren't in any of those. Yeah. Nope. And so this is, this has been great, you know, being local that awesome. we could, we could actually have them yeah. sit in on a, guest ep- cool. on a guest episode
0: and great work this morning too. Oh, come fun. On,
1: man. No, we'll, we'll, we'll see you what know. happens tomorrow. I mean, yeah, you know, but li- uh, my big thing is I, I will, I, and I just want to give him credit where it's due. I mean, like once you go down Ian's rabbit hole, yeah, you can't unhear the stuff. Yeah. And, I've been working with acoustics now for fifteen years. I mean, I was in Don's house in Groningen. What was that? Two thousand six. The thing that Ian has clarified me is what every part of the n- of of the pressure wave sounds like. Mm-hmm. And and it has allowed me to communicate to them so much clearer and you know and as as ken did when i first came across ken he, he allowed me to communicate clear and whatever but uh I, I i yeah we're we're fully we're fully in it right now <laughs> yeah. yeah we're we're there in so anyway so it's it's all good stuff all right thank you awesome. so much man You're very welcome vocal fry we are out we'll talk to you guys later
2: bye